Welcome everyone this morning. We're glad that you're here. It's good to see maybe some that haven't been able to be with us and we're just uh, glad that everyone was able to make it today. In Hebrews the ninth chapter and verse 27, the writer there says, and it is appointed for men to die once, but after this the judgment. So Christ was offered once to bear the sins of many. To those who eagerly wait for him, he will appear a second time apart from sin for salvation. You know, most of us are really kind of uncomfortable with the thought of death. It's a realm which we have not experienced, we don't know really anything about, other than what has supposedly been put out there. People say they've come back from death or the edge of death or seen the light at the end of the tunnel or whatever. But we don't know really much about it other than that it is the end of our life here on this earth. And so we become somewhat afraid of death. And we become uncomfortable with the thought of death. Well, for the Christian, death should not be something we are afraid of. It shouldn't bring fear to our hearts and to our minds. But the fact is that one day we will all die. We can live in fear of the unknown or we can take a moment and consider what the Bible has to say about eternity. And this may be one of the most important thought processes that we go through in life is to think about our eternal home in heaven, our eternity, that final destination for us after this life. But we have to ask ourselves this very simple question, if I were to die today, where would I spend eternity? Most people would, you, when you ask that question, would say something like that. Well, you know, I've lived a pretty good life, and I, I hope to go to heaven. But they're not really sure about it. According to what goes on in the world today and the thought process of the world is just everybody goes to heaven because someone dies and they say, well, he's or she is in a better place now. And regardless of how unscrupulous they were and how mean and, and vile and sinful they were, everyone says, well, they're in a better place now. But a lot of people are just really unsure about their eternal resting place. And I hope that we put more thought into it than that and, and we're willing to not risk our eternal salvation on what we would say would be wishful thinking. That we can know that we are going to be able to go to heaven. And what the Bible has to say about that. Romans 3 and verse 23, the Bible says that, there is, that we are all, sin, are all sinners. And because of that, man in his natural state is unfit for the kingdom of heaven. In other words, we're born into this world. We're not born a sinful creature, but we come to that point in life where we're able to distinguish what is right and what is wrong, what is God's will and what is our will. And we start making decisions about committing sin or doing what is right. And that is what we call the age of accountability. We become accountable for those things that we do in life. We become accountable to God. And so... We all sin and we come short of the glory of God, so we need something that will help us, something that will change us from that sinful person into a saved place. And we noticed, we noticed this last week in our lesson. 
We don't know, although, when Jesus is going to call time to an end. In Matthew 25 and verse 13, Jesus speaking here says, Watch therefore, for you know neither the day nor the hour in which the Son of Man is coming. So we know that the end will come. We know that we will all die unless Jesus comes again in our lifetime. We understand all that, but we don't know when that is going to happen. We don't have any idea. The Bible also teaches that not even the angels know. This is something that is unknown. We, and, and this may be part of our fear process, that we don't know, so what do we have to do? In other words, we need to all be prepared all the time. We need to be ready. So, are you ready for eternity? How can we get ready for eternity? How can we prepare ourselves for the judgment and for eternity? Well, there are many things that we prepare ourselves for in life. Our jobs, our vacations, our children's future, retirement. Why is it that many are not preparing for eternity? You know, many are preparing today. This is the thing that is out there in the news and that is on our minds and our thoughts today is this coronavirus. It's right in our face. We've all experienced it when we walked in this morning. There is hand sanitizer on the back table that wasn't there last service. It's something that's in our thought process. We've, we've all uh, been, been thinking about this and preparing for it. Many of Vicki and I went uh, shopping for groceries Thursday night. It was crazy. The lines were to the back of the building. Every single line was to the back of the building. Everyone was preparing for this virus. Well, how many are preparing for eternity? Because that's really the most important thing in our life. There are so many things we prepare for, but why is it many are not preparing for eternity? But to only know the will of God is not sufficient. To know about God or know his will is, is not going to make it. Note Jesus said in Matthew 7, 21 through 27, Not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven, but he that doeth the will of my Father which is in heaven. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in thy name, and in thy name have cast out devils, and in thy name done many wonderful works? And then will I profess unto them, I never knew you. Depart from me, ye that work iniquity. Therefore, whosoever heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them, I will liken him unto a wise man which built his house upon a rock. And the rain descended, and the floods came, and the winds blew, and beat upon that house, and it fell not, for it was founded upon a rock. And everyone that heareth these sayings of mine, and doeth them not, shall be likened unto a foolish man, which built his house upon the sand. And the rain descended, and the floods came, and the winds blew, and beat upon that house, and it fell. And great was the fall of it. We must be willing to do the will of God, not just know about it, not just hear about it, but do what God's will is, obey him, and preparing ourselves for eternity. These two, these two individuals that built this house upon the sand and built the house upon the rock, one was preparing for the storm, the other wasn't. And so when the storm came, it fell apart. There are things that we can do to better prepare ourselves for judgment in eternity. Notice 2 Peter 1 and verses 3 through 11. 
according as his divine power hath given unto us all things that pertain unto life and godliness through the knowledge of him that hath called us to glory and virtue, whereby are given unto us exceeding and great and precious promises, that by these things ye might be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. And beside this, giving all diligence, add to your faith virtue, and to virtue knowledge, and to knowledge temperance, and to temperance patience, and to patience godliness, and to godliness brotherly kindness, and to brotherly kindness charity. For if these things be in you and abound, they will make you that ye shall neither be barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. But he that lacketh these things is blind and cannot see afar off and hath forgotten that he was purged from his old sins. Therefore, the rather, brethren, give diligence to make your calling and election sure. For if you do these things, ye shall never fall. For so an entrance shall be ministered unto you abundantly into the everlasting kingdom of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. So, it takes some work. It takes some work on our part to prepare for eternity. Just like we prepare to go on a trip, we have to pack, we have to plan ahead what we're going to be weather, what the weather's going to be like, and so what we, what kind of clothing that we need to take, and we need to take enough clothing, and all these kinds of things. So we prepare to go on the journey. So it is with our Christian lives that we prepare for the final destination. So let's talk a little bit about eternity. Eternity is defined as timeless existence. In other words, there is no end. We are just time travelers while here on this earth. We're traveling toward the future at a rate of one second per second. There it goes, there it goes, there it goes, there it goes. It's gone, it's gone. Time keeps ticking on every moment, every second. We are traveling through time, but we're headed for eternity where time does not exist. It never ends. And there's nothing we can do to stop ourselves from this time traveling as we go through this life. And at the end of our journey through time is a destination that we can hardly even imagine in our own eyes. The Bible has tried to describe it. The writers have tried to describe what heaven is and what has been revealed to them. But our minds are limited about what it, what it is going to be like. Every scripture Everything points towards eternity in God's plan, and God's designed us to live in eternity, not in this world here, but in heaven. His work with us is not finished in this life. Christianity is far more than a, a fairy tale. It's, it's, it's much more than just something that we can just imagine. It's a very real place. It's not a fairy tale. And it's being prepared for us, has been prepared for us. And eternity has much more for us to experience. God has prepared something that is really, as we said, very hard for us to understand, very beautiful, incomprehensible to us. 
it's hard for us to really grasp it. Something so beautiful and vast and breathtaking that only, only God could create and, and plan and build for us. The Apostle Paul tells us about the wonders of eternity in 2 Corinthians 4 and verses 16 through 18 and gives us a description of eternity which gives us confidence and courage as we face the things of this world. Notice in 2 Corinthians 4 and 16. For which cause we faint not, but though the outward man perish, yet the inward man is renewed day by day. For our light affliction, which is but for a moment, worketh for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. While we look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporal, but the things which are not seen are eternal. Paul says that this life, this momentary struggle and the, the, the pain and the troubles and all these things that we go through in this life, that eternity, you know, even the pressures of, of all the things that we deal with, and some, some are dealing with many, many pressures today. But the weight of eternity and glory far outweighs all that. So we need to fix our eyes on what is not seen instead of what we see. Because this thing, the things that we see, the life that we live today, the things that we put, put importance on today are just temporary. Paul states that we're going through something now, what we're going through now is only preparing us for something so much better to come. Something so wonderful and so different from what we know that is all beyond all comparison. You know, and I think as we've state, stated before, that as we get older, you know, the, the hope of heaven and the thought of heaven becomes different than we're, when we're younger. There are certain things that in this life we, we long for, that we put importance on. And we sometimes can't wait to see our loved ones, we can't wait to see our family, our children, our grandchildren. And we, we earnestly wait and, and long for those kind of things. And that's what we should feel about waiting and longing to see our God, that we just can't wait for it. Now, a lot of us don't, it's, that's a hard thing for us to really kind of concept, conceive in our mind, that, that concept of, of really wanting to leave this world. Because we get comfortable with this world, don't we? We, we sometimes have such a, a home here and we built such a wonderful life here on this earth, this temporal life, that we feel uncomfortable about leaving all that for something else. That's what we focus our thoughts and our processes on, is what is in this life. And we're not supposed to love this world or the things in this world, 1 John 2 and verse 15, but we do. We fall in love with all the things that we want and we see here on this earth and we put off serving God and we put off 
doing the things that we need to be doing for God. Paul talks about how he felt about dying in Philippians 1, verses 20, verse 21. For to me to live is Christ, and to die is gain. Paul felt that way. Paul longed for the time that he would come to the point where he would be able to be with the Lord. And sometimes we're, we, when we uh, are on a way, uh, away on a trip, you know, we, we just can't wait to get those last few miles to get home and get in our own easy chair or get in our own bed and, and be comfortable in our home. Well, this world is not our home. Heaven is our home. Heaven is our home. That's where we want to be comfortable. That's where we should long to be. That's where we should long to not be able to wait for it. We set up our comforts here on earth and we don't think we ought to suffer. If we're truly involved in the work of the church and in the way we ought to be, we would be suffering. You know, we talk uh, to others about Christ and sometimes we're we're rejected and we're maybe be persecuted. We may be ridiculed for that. But we have, the, we must have the mindset that um, we're willing to do anything and not let anything get in our way of us in heaven. You know, we... Uh, there have been places probably in our lives where we've stepped into something or we've, we've, we've been somewhere or we've been in a, a circumstance where we say, you know, I need to get out of here. This is not where I need to be. I don't need to be here. We don't feel safe. Maybe we're in the wrong neighborhood. Maybe we're, maybe we're uh, stepped into some place that, that isn't, isn't good for us, whatever it may be. And we don't feel that we belong there. But every morning when we wake up, we feel comfortable with where we're at. If we go into foreign countries and maybe, you know, uh, some of our preachers and, and others have been in foreign countries and, and involved in the work in those countries. And I don't know that they wake up every morning and say, well, I'm really just comfortable here. They probably think that, you know, I'll be glad to be able to get out of this place and and maybe uh, get back home where I feel more comfortable. That's the way we ought to be with godly things. In Colossians 3 and verse 2, set your mind on things above, not on things on the earth. We wake up and look around at our possessions and we see all the things that we have and we feel comfortable with those things. Paul spent the final years of his life preparing for the last moment of his life, wait, waiting to be with the Lord. We, I don't know if you remember the, the song that said, uh, eternity is only one heartbeat away. That's, that's the way it is. We don't know. We don't know when we're going to experience eternity, when, when we will step into that realm of eternity. I remember here a few years ago, Bob Smith went out for a walk on, on a, a morning. 
and didn't make it back. He didn't know that was going to happen. His was only one heartbeat away. In Philippians 3 and verses 12 through 15, not that I have already attained or am already perfected, but I press on, that I may, hold on, may lay hold on that for which Christ Jesus has also laid hold of me. Brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended, but one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are ahead, I press toward the goal for the prize of the upward calling of God in Christ Jesus. Therefore, let us, as many as are mature, have this mind. So Paul's talking about his straining and struggling in this life and how he's giving every ounce of energy and effort to win the prize. We all remember how that was when we were in junior high and racing against all of our classmates. But we wanted to win and we pressed really hard to win. And that's what we need to be doing as Christians. One thing, he, one thing he mentions is that he is forgetting those things which are behind. We can't be distracted by the things that are around us. Notice in Luke 9, verse 57 through 62. Now it, is, now it happened as they journeyed on the road that someone said to him, Lord, I will follow you wherever you go. And Jesus said to him, Foxes have holes and, the bird, and birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. Then he said to another, Follow me. But he said, Lord, let me go first go and bury my father. Jesus said to him, Let the dead bury their own dead, but you go and preach the kingdom of God. Another also said, Lord, I will follow you, but let me, go, let me first go and bid them farewell who are at my house. And Jesus said to him, No one having put his hand to the plow and looking back is fit for the kingdom of God. Sounds kind of harsh, doesn't it? But we can't let things of this life, we can't let plans of our life, we can't let anything in our life get in the way of living for God. Paul said... I just need to keep focused and not become distracted from the goal in life. So what are we living for in this life? Are we spending all of our time preparing for the final moment of our life? Preparing for eternity and preparing for our eternal future? We can't be looking at the past and looking at and becoming distracted by all the things around us. We can't change what we've done in the past but we can be in control of what we do in the future. And we're going to either reap reward or reap the regret. And on the day that we stand before God, what's going to bring, uh, what is going to bring reward and what is going to bring regret? When we stand before God, are we going to regret the time we wasted, the souls that we didn't tell about the Lord? the sick that we didn't visit, the opportunities to worship that we missed, the study of the word of God that we put off, the obedience to the gospel that we rejected, what are we going to re regret? Regret is terrible. We can all look back in our lives and we can remember things that we regret doing. 
We can remember words we said that we wished we could have pulled back into our mouth at the moment we said them. And we can see the look on people's face of hurt or pain or surprise from the words we said or feelings that we've heard or decisions that we've made. When we stand before God on the day of judgment, what are we going to regret? Paul says to the Hebrew brethren in Hebrews 12 and verses 1 through 2, Therefore we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witness, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. Continuing on with the same thought in Philippians 3, Paul goes on to say, Brethren, join, join in following my example and note those who, who so walk as you have for us for a pattern. For many walk of whom I have told you often and now tell you even weeping that they are the enemies of the cross of Christ, whose end is destruction, whose God is their belly and whose glory is in their shame who set their minds on earthly things, for our citizenship is in heaven, from which we also eagerly wait for the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who will transform our lowly body, which is, which, that it may become conformed into his glorious body, according to the working by which he is able even to subdue all things to himself. Paul says, imitate me. Walk in my steps and do the things that are, are being told to you to do. But he also says, don't follow those who are thinking about themselves and focusing on the things of this world, the earthly things that distract us. Thomas Watson, a writer, said, a man's greatest care should be for that place where he lives longest. Therefore, eternity should be his scope. We prepare ourselves for many things on this earth, but that should not distract us from the things that are important. Matthew 6 and 19 through 21, we've talked about this recently. Lay not up for yourselves treasures upon earth, where moth and rust doth corrupt, and where thieves break through and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust doth corrupt, and where thieves do not break through nor steal. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. So what are we hungering for? Matthew 5 and verse 6, Blessed are those who hunger and thirst after righteousness, so they shall be filled. So, and we said earlier about our citizenship being in heaven. Paul said in verse 20 of Philippians 3, For our citizenship is in heaven. And it's often that we forget that. That that's where our real place is. We forget about, we think that this is our home. We, we get distracted. We get confused. We, we, our priorities become different. And, and we need to be careful about that, about where our priorities are. I'm not accusing us of all thinking wrongly or whatever, but it just happens in our life that sometimes we forget about what is really important, and that is eternity. And we become distracted by the things of this world. Well, heaven is the Christian's hope. 
It's more than just simple looking on to life beyond the grave. It should mean everything to us. And everything we do in this life is directly related to what is coming. In fact, it's getting, it's getting us ready for it. Nothing then is more, is without purpose or is wasted in this present life if we're preparing ourselves for heaven and eternity. So what do we, what, what have we done in the last week to prepare us for eternity? What have we done this last week that will not matter in eternity? 1 Corinthians 3 and verses 10 through 13. According to the grace of God, which is given unto me as a wise master builder, I have laid the foundation, another buildeth thereon. But let every man take heed how he buildeth thereon. For other foundation can no man lay than that is laid, which is Jesus Christ. Now if any man build upon this foundation, gold, silver, precious, stones, wood, hay, stubble, every man's work shall be manifest, made manifest, for the day shall declare it, because it shall be revealed by fire, and the fire shall try every man's work of what sort it is. Notice also 2 Corinthians 5 and 10, For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that every one may receive the things done in his body according to that he hath done, whether it be good or bad. So now let me ask you these questions. If you died today, where would we spend eternity? Are you ready to stand before God on the day of judgment? Are you ready for judgment? If you're not a child, you must hear the word of God. Romans 10, verse 17. So then faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. You must have faith in what you've heard. Mark 16, verse 16. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved, but he that believeth not shall be damned. We must repent of the life that we've been living. Jesus said in Luke 13, verse 3, I tell you nay, but except ye repent, ye shall all likewise perish. That means that we turn from our sins and we turn towards God. We must confess the name of Jesus Christ, Matthew 10 and verse 32. Whosoever therefore shall confess me before men, him will I confess also before my Father which is in heaven. And then we must be baptized into Christ for the remission of sins. Jesus said in Acts 2 and verse 38, Then Peter said unto them, Repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Also in 1 Peter 3 and verse 21, the like figure whereunto even baptism doth also now save us, not the putting away of the filth of the flesh, but the answer of a good conscience toward God by the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And if we've been baptized into Christ, but we've, been, we've fallen away, we've done things that we feel requires a public confession of those sins to make them right, in James 5 and verse 16 it says, Confess your faults one to another and pray one for another that you may be healed. The effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. Judgment is coming. Life is short. Life is unsure. We don't know when eternity will come. We don't know when Jesus will come. We don't know when we will have that final heartbeat in this life. Are you ready for eternity? Maybe we are. But maybe you aren't. Maybe you haven't taken those steps that put you into Christ. Maybe you've taken those steps, but for some reason, you've turned away. 
It reminds me of this song, and I think of, of uh, when, when thinking of how, how trying to describe what heaven is and waiting for, for the, the Christian. Many remember this song. It's called Just Think. Think of stepping on a shore and finding it's heaven. Of a reaching hand on yours and finding it's God's hand. Think of breathing free and deep and finding it celestial. Think of feeling no more death. Live the new life in God's land. Can you vision evermore the beauty that's awaiting? Many mansions shining bright, streets gleaming as of pure gold. Think of living on and on with Jesus, precious Savior. What a picture, oh so grand, and yet not have has been told. Think of passing from all sorrow to where heartaches never come. Think of waking when we know, now at last, home, sweet home. We thank you for listening to our podcast put on by the Church of Christ at 2215 Plans Road in Bakersfield. If you would like any additional information or you would like to receive a free Bible correspondence course by mail, please email us at info at churchofchristbakersfield.com. Our service times are Sundays at 10.30 a.m. and 5 p.m. and Wednesdays at 7.30 p.m. Please make plans to join us. We would love for you to be our honored guest.